Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Mm. Bonjour. Thank you for tuning in with me. I am grateful. And today our topic is ending the cycles of self-sabotage. So valuable and important for us to put a real focus on interrupting the patterns, the cycles, the habits of self-sabotage that are so demeaning and demoralizing, that repetition of them. So let's begin with a blessing as we always do, placing our hand on our heart. We're declaring that we are wholeheartedly available for the teaching and the wisdom of the higher Holy Spirit self. We're allowing our elder brother Jesus to enter into our awareness, into our mind and heart, to teach us, to lead us, to guide us to the remembrance of the truth. This is our liberation time, and we are grateful and thankful to be the two or more gathered for this holy purpose of remembering. We are grateful to open ourselves to true transformation and healing. We are grateful to lay on the holy altar fire of divine love any sense of regret or guilt, or shame. We are grateful to relinquish the habits of the past, the habits of negativity and stagnation, the ways of playing small and limiting ourselves. We're grateful to give up for healing all sense of lack attack, limitation, and separation, and we share the benefits of our healing and liberation with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Hmm. I'm just back from a weekend in Vermont with um, my spiritual family there and my teacher, Venerable Dahani Oahu. She was a guest in this podcast many years ago. And uh, by the way, if you're ever, if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, you do need to get the archive for the older shows. So, uh, Course in Miracles Archive is the name of it. And that's uh, also available through iTunes. If you're on other podcast platforms, they don't limit the number of episodes, so you're good to go. Um, And it was very refreshing and restoring, and I was having a conversation with a spiritual practitioner there. And... We were talking about how reading books and listening to audios, even this podcast, isn't healing, but it is healing when we apply what we read, what we learn. And for many years, I was not satisfied, but I settled for doing a lot of listening and reading without rigorous application. And the rigorous application is very challenging. It's very challenging. I was contemplating this morning about how we can get into arguments and situations, particularly with loved ones and colleagues and co-workers, where the need to be right and to establish that I'm right and you're not and I know and you don't know and we can even disguise it with this idea that oh well it's all because I'd like to be helpful to them and show them that they're wrong but 
when we feel righteous. That's a clue that we're not in our right mind. And this is a definite cycle of self-sabotage. And it's part of a a bigger cycle of self-sabotage that many people, myself included, can partake of. So I used to really be enmeshed in the pattern and the cycle of self-sabotage that was getting upset and staying upset, fanning the flames of my upset with thoughts of my righteousness. And it particularly would come into play if I felt one of my loved ones had been attacked or wronged. And I would feel really strongly, you know, you can do what you like regarding me. You can say what you like regarding me. But no, uh uh-uh, you cannot speak unkindly or hurtfully towards someone I love. That I will not tolerate. That protector energy would come up in me like a big fire of defending the innocent. And, of course, that's just one way to fan the flame of upset. There are so many ways. Uh, One way is to feel sad about things. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. So sad. And I get that because I I can remember when I lived in Manhattan back in the 80s and early 90s and I was moving from being very much deluded by my own perceptions and projections And I was willing to start to come out of that and start to realize how dysfunctional I was. Then I started to see things as they were and not as I believed they were. And it sent me into a downward spiral of, oh, this world is so sad and feeling disillusioned in the illusion I've had some wonderful conversations with David Hofmeister about that. Now I can see that becoming disillusioned with the illusion was part of the waking up. So, for instance, I started to allow myself to see and to feel what was going on in certain relationships. And I I see this a lot with people I'm counseling that They have illusions and delusions about life, about themselves, about their partners, about their their co-workers and things like that. And it can be either fantasies like, um, oh, they really love me. They really love me. They really care for me. They just, oh, they have these things that uh, they need to take care of, so that's why they can't really pay attention to me or support me in ways because they've got so much going on and they have this dysfunction from when they were children and so, but I know they really love me and maybe from my perspective, I can see that it's a codependent relationship And my view is that there isn't love in the relationship, but there could be. There could be. And that even the person who thinks the other one loves them, they don't love the other one. They just think they do. It's 100% ego codependency. And then there's the kind of fantasy of... um, That person is ruining my life. That person is making it so hard for me. That person is just 
working against me constantly. So we don't often know what the truth is, but if we're feeling challenged, if we're not at peace, there is some wonderful, miraculous healing that is seeking to burst through our awareness if we will allow it. And it's going to come through our spiritual practice. It just, it doesn't come in other ways. So many times in our ending the cycles of self-sabotage, how that end point comes is we give up. We give up the charade or the charade. (laughs) We give up the fantasy, the delusion. We give up the story we've made. And by up, I mean we give it consciously or unconsciously to spirit. We surrender it. We're willing to say, okay, this picture that I've made of my life, of my body, of my marriage, of my job, of whatever is going on. This picture that I have painted that is my perception of it, I am willing to put it aside. I'm willing to see what's really going on here. I'm willing to feel what's really going on here. I've had so many conversations with people and I see people do this in finding freedom and masterful living all the time. The scales fall from their eyes because they're actually practicing, practicing, working with the mind, working with the mind, working with the mind. And sometimes that work with the mind that succeeds in ending the cycles of self-sabotage, it's kind of like a Um, a chiseling away of our attachment to the delusion and the illusion that we've carefully painted, that picture we've carefully painted about how they love us or they don't love us, how they're making our life more beautiful or not more beautiful, how they're contributing or how they're hurting us. Because we have so many illusions and delusions. And for me, the, one of the baseline practices that we can employ to chisel away, sand away, file away, dissolve and resolve. Really, that's my favorite method. Dissolve and resolve. <laughs> uh, these pictures we've painted that become our complete and total locked-in belief about things. And then we can't see anything else but what we believe that affirms our thoughts about it. So there can be all kinds of signs that refute the picture we've painted, but we will interpret them as affirming the picture we've painted until we are willing to really love. So love dissolves and resolves without tremendous effort the attachments we have to the picture we painted. Love resolves and dissolves the attachments we have to the picture we painted. And that picture we've painted in different areas of our life is, of course, our interpretation and the meaning we've made of it. And that's where all the pain comes from. And this is why I used and continue to use the Lesson 25, I I don't know what anything is for. I do not know what anything is for until I can see clearly beyond time and space and until I know what 
everything is for and how every little flap of a butterfly wing fits into the bigger picture until I know what the causation is of every effect in this world, which I can't know until my vision is clear. Until I can see with that clarity, I must confess and remember and help myself by reminding myself, Jennifer, you don't know what anything is for. And that's our escape hatch from pain and suffering. Because the pain and suffering comes from what, when we know what things are for. So consider this. If you feel sad, if you feel depressed, if you feel angry, if you feel hurt, if you feel jealous, if you feel uh, um, any negative emotion whatsoever, you think you know what things are for. And you're incorrect. That, that awareness and practicing that day in and day out has been so transformative for me in terms of really eliminating these cycles of self-sabotage. It's an inside job. No one can do it for us, but people can help us. Oh, and speaking of that, uh, you may know that I have uh, occasionally done a program, a six-day program uh, called uh, End My Self-Sabotage, the challenge to end my self-sabotage. So it's six days, six days in a row, and I'm doing it again starting on Saturday, February 1st. The first two days are free. And you can come and join us. Uh, everyone in Masterful Living, it's, a, it's a, a bonus gift for them because it's so helpful to do it at this time of year. And it's just a, a very powerful program. So if you notice that you're sabotaging yourself and if you feel like, oh my gosh, here I am doing it again. Start of the year, start of the decade. I've got to break this cycle. Come and be willing to do some work with us for six days. And if you're listening to this after the challenge is already over, sign up for it anyway and watch on video. And if you can't join us live, you can watch on video anyway. So it's it's a win-win. You can't lose (laughs) with this challenge to end self-sabotage, especially because the first couple of days are so powerful and they're free. Let's do it together. So powerful. Getting in there into our conditioned view and being willing to let the truth liberate us is so powerful when we are the two or more gathered in the name and the nature of love for the purpose of liberation. For sure, the Holy Spirit is there in the midst of us, amplified. We can do much faster healing when we're working together with another and that let me just say that other can be in the invisible so working with the angelic field working with Jesus it's eliminating the sense of separation which is the the only problem that we have it's eliminating that sense of separation by partnering up in some way that is so profoundly healing. And that's not what's happening when we're reading a book, right? Or we're listening to an audio. Now, I consciously, when I am like right now in this moment recording this, I am consciously partnering with you, the listener. 
and spirit. And I'm consciously intending to transcend time and space because I know they're an illusion. So I am consciously generating a heart-to-heart experience. And many times when I am offering this broadcast, I will turn in a direction I hadn't anticipated because Spirit is guiding me because someone is listening or will listen in the future. Someone's listening live or listening in the future. And I can feel that. And that's my experience of healing. One of the things that happens when we're working in groups is when or even with one other person and they don't have to be consciously working with us in order for there to be a healing. So for instance so often I've had the experience of talking with someone or being in the presence of someone who maybe is not a spiritual student. We're not actively in spiritual practice together. And something is going on, something is coming up into our awareness for healing because, and I know it because I can feel a sense of discord, I can feel a sense of separation, I can feel a sense of some negative emotion, some unpleasantness that is being experienced, and there's a healing opportunity. That is the moment to invoke the Holy Spirit and put the Holy Spirit in charge. Holy Spirit, I don't have to heal this, but I can be that fulcrum point. I can be that precise point that you can use to laser heal whatever this thought pattern is. I invoke you. I am asking you. I am commanding the universe to provide the healing that we can best receive in this moment. And we can even do that when we're thinking about our loved ones who passed on. And it's being willing to stop going it on our own that breaks up these cycles of self-sabotage so effectively. Last week we were looking at chapter 5, beginning the introduction. Chapter 5 is healing and wholeness. And uh, so that introduction is about really being happy, being wholehearted, and recognizing that we're here to bless and be blessed. I like to say to be the perfect givers and receivers of love. And then the next part in that chapter 5 is section 1. It's entitled The Invitation to the Holy Spirit. And so we must give the invitation to the Holy Spirit to work with our mind to support us in our healing intention, to assist us in breaking the cycles of self-sabotage. Because the whole reason we have these cycles of self-sabotage in the first place is because we edged God out of our mind. We, I was saying to somebody yesterday who's not a Course in Miracles student, doesn't know the Course, I said, you know, it all began with us saying, you know what? This is better than that. And I don't really like that. I don't think that's good. And then we're basically saying that the creator is less good over here and more good over there. And then so began the making of our opinions and judgments that are the blocks to love, which then we got so attached to, it became concretized, right? This conditioned view that we have, uh, we've, we've generated this whole perspective and perception, right? Pain is a wrong perspective, lesson 190. 
starts off with pain is a wrong perspective. So whenever we have the slightest upset of any kind, there is a miracle looking to break through. And that pain is, and sometimes it's a dull uh, dissonance in our mind, right? It's a dull ache of sadness and malaise. Sometimes it's waking up with dread and despair. These are the cycles of self-sabotage. We feel helpless to interrupt them, so we start managing and coping with them. And that is a slippery slope. Bend down it. And oh my gosh, it's time for the break already. Well, am I grateful that we are connected and we are having this divine dialogue. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love. We're walking the talk. And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Yay for God. We're back. <laughs> Technology is working. Yay. Technology is our friend, helping us to transcend time and space so we can heal the mind and be together. One in God. So, going back to Chapter 5, Section 1, which is entitled The Invitation to the Holy Spirit, in Paragraph 2, listen to this, so beautiful. Just, just imagine Jesus saying this to you, or feel Jesus saying this to you. Let us start our process of reawakening with just a few simple concepts. Here's the first one. Thoughts increase by being given away. The more you believe in them, the stronger they become. Everything is an idea. How then can giving and losing be associated? So, Thoughts increase by being given away. The more we love, the more we have to give. I, I'm thinking immediately of the balcony scene in Romeo and Juliet. I just love Romeo and Juliet. I love plays and theater and ways that we can learn from telling our stories instead of just suffer from them we can actually learn them and we can learn to have empathy and compassion and Romeo and Juliet is my favorite play the the words of Shakespeare that is so fantastic to me I fell in love with them when I was a little girl strangely enough <laughs> nine-year-old girl obsessed with <laughs> Romeo and Juliet but in the balcony scene um they're, they're with Romeo and Juliet. They're exchanging their vows of love. And Juliet says that, she says, I wish but for the thing I have. My bounty is as boundless as the sea. My love as deep. The more I give to thee, the more I have. For both are infinite. I just, I fell in love with that as a little girl. It's the more I have, the more I give, the more I have. And this is what A Course in Miracles is teaching us. This is what Jesus is teaching us, right? Because truth is truth. It doesn't matter who says it. Truth is true for everyone all the time. To have, give all to all. The more I give, the more I have. This is what Jesus is saying to us here. The more who believe in them, the stronger they become. Thoughts increase by giving 
being given away. The more who believe in them, the stronger they become. Everything is an idea. Everything in this world is an idea. Everything is an idea. So let us invite the Holy Spirit in to be our teacher, to be our guide, and stop going it alone. You know you're going it alone if you feel uncomfortable, even the tiniest little bit. I always think of the princess in the pea, right? The princess was so sensitive that she could feel that pea under 20 mattresses. It, she couldn't sleep. It was like there was a boulder there. And that's how we are designed to be so sensitive that we could feel the slightest disturbance in our awareness so that we would realize, oh, there's a fly in the ointment. Let me get it out. Oh, there's a disturbance in my awareness. Now is the time to reconnect. I became disconnected. I started thinking thoughts of separation. So one of the biggest forms of self-sabotage that we have, that we cycle in over and over and over again throughout each and every day, is thinking that we are right and we are not right. So in my challenge to end self-sabotage, it's about getting real with ourselves in terms of recognizing what's really going on. And that is not for the weak and the timid. That is for the spiritual practitioner. That is for the one who recognizes, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am not here because I'm a tourist come to see the sights. We are not here to get stuff. And we're not even here to do stuff. And I say that as someone who's doing and doing and doing. We are here to be that fulcrum point, that focal point of love. So we are here to hold the form of perfect love. So strongly, so magnificently, so beautifully, that when someone comes into our awareness, our realm, we will bless them by holding them in perfect light. And we will not be deceived by thinking they're harshing our buzz. They're doing something to us. Absolutely not. They are doing something for us. Yes, they are doing something for us. The more intense the challenge, the greater the victory over the small self, the selfish self, the stinking thinking. When we put spirit in charge, victory is assured. We cannot fail. Spirit has no concept of failure. It's not even possible. But we can fail to put spirit in charge, and then it seems like spirit fails. Right? So when we say to spirit, fix my body, fix my life, fix my marriage, fix my finances. And we're expecting to be able to sit on the sofa, watch TV, eat snacks, isolate, drink alcohol, work and work and work and work and work obsessively doing all these forms of self-sabotage and avoidance to solve the problem, it's going to seem like spirit fails, right? Oh, I put spirit in charge of that, but spirit let me down. Yep. I prayed and prayed and prayed for spirit to give me these particular results, and spirit let me down. I'm so bummed out. 
How can I believe in a God that keeps letting me down? I keep praying for healing. I'm in so much pain. I get it. I get it. Been there, done that. The more intense the challenge, what awaits us is the greater victory over the small self, the selfish self, the delusional self, the separate self that we have imagined and seemingly put in charge. But that's not who we are. We're the perfect givers and receivers of love. There is no way that we can be in pain and suffering while simultaneously being the perfect givers and receivers of love actively. But if we think we are not the perfect givers and receivers of love, if we think that other people are not worthy of our love, so instead of to have, give all to all, we're thinking, yeah, not all. I can't give all love to all. Because if I love that person who's doing something I don't like or agree with, or that I think is bad and wrong, that that politician, that corporate leader who's polluting the environment, who's putting the children in cages, who is lying, who is decimating the whatever. If I love that person, I'm condoning what they're doing. No, we're not. No, we're not. Bless them that despitefully use us. That's what Jesus taught. Bless them. Bless them. Because what is the blessing going to be? The blessing is going to show up as a realization of the opportunity to choose love that's available now. That's why I love iconic stories like Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet's parents, the Capulets and the Montagues, they had the opportunity to respect their children's choice in partner. But they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it because they had this old grievance. And if I remember... I'm trying to remember what the grievance was about. It was just an ancient grievance between the Capulets and the Montagues. We don't know what it's about. It's just going on generation after generation, as things do. I don't like your way of life. I can't condone it. Therefore, you are my enemy. Or, I don't like your way of life. I don't condone it. You are my brother. You are my sister. I bless you. I bless you. Let all beings remember the truth that liberates us all from a sense of separation. We can take a strong stand in the world for the things that we prefer. I prefer democracy. I prefer love and compassion. I prefer that we have integration. I prefer that we have diversity. These are my preferences. I prefer that we have education. I prefer that we have programs that support people in staying out of prison rather than putting people in prison. There's a wonderful movie uh, that I invite everyone who takes classes with me to go and see, which you can do online, called Doing Time, Doing Vipassana. Doing Time, Doing Vipassana. Vipassana is the form of meditation that Buddha used under the Bodhi tree to attain enlightenment. So it's an awareness meditation And uh, you can go, as I've done and others uh, in Masterful Living have done, uh, you can go and do a 10-day silent meditation Vipassana retreat. There are Vipassana centers all over the world. Vipassana, V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. And in the movie, Doing Time, Doing Vipassana, uh, 
the um the 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 crux of the story is that this prison in India is the worst prison in the country. So India is a huge country with a huge population. And this is the most these are the most hardened criminals in that entire population, huge population in this one particular prison. And the prison is a very unhealthy, unhappy place to be. And they are ha- have so many issues there, and they can't resolve them. And this woman becomes the warden of this prison, and she immediately institutes a new policy that all of the inmates must do Vipassana. They must do Vipassana. So they must do the 10-day it's a it's a, a course, and it's um, you know it's got a uh, it's a course. So you you do it. It's silent for ten days, but you go through stages of learning the meditation and practicing the meditation. And so, and it's intensely healing and transformative. Think of it like sitting inside. Uh, a sacred fire that is burning off all your false beliefs, your illusions and delusions. That's what Vipassana is. That's why Buddha, after years and years of searching for enlightenment down all kinds of egocentric paths, he sat under the Bodhi tree and his guidance was to do this particular form of meditation that's a body awareness meditation and sitting under the Bodhi tree and not moving for 30 days, he attained enlightenment. But see, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. Buddha did that, just like we don't have to be crucified on the cross. Jesus did that. We don't have to repeat what other people have done. We can we can, but this is not necessary because we share the same mind. We are a collective, and so we don't have to do other people's curriculum. We don't have to. We don't have to keep repeating the past. We don't have to have the same arguments with the same people about the same things in the same way without learning anything, but we we can do that. We have free will to choose all kinds of things. In this story of this documentary of what happened in this prison, it's so clear they go from having prisoners who uh, are, they hate the people who are their guards. They hate them. There's all this anger and violence and hatred. It's this just this... Um, stew of negativity that everyone in this prison is dwelling in 24-7. They institute this practice of Vipassana and immediately things change in the culture of the prison. The prisoners come out of the 10 days and they're they're eating, they're sleeping, they're having meals, they're not sitting under the Bodhi tree, you know, doing modern-day, 10-day Vipassana retreats. Um, it actually can be really cushy at some of the Vipassana centers. And the when I did it, the food was really good, and they totally take care of you and support you so you can stay focused on the meditation. And because that's your work, you're healing the consciousness of all to have, give all to all. So you're, we're doing that work on behalf of everyone as we are in every day. This is what the light workers of the world are doing is we're um, stoking the fire of liberation and light rather than the fire of anger and hatred, right? So we're here to be truly helpful and to represent the ones who sent us. So in order to do that, we must 
relinquish our attachment to our view, that conditioned view, the concretized view of how we see things and believe things are. And again, if how we see things and how we think they are is not making us happy, it's because we're not seeing it correctly. 100% of the time, we're not seeing it correctly. We're thinking we know what things are for, but we do not know what they're for. If it doesn't bring us a great sense of joy and liberation, we are looking at it incorrectly. We can break that cycle of self-sabotage that is so conditioned to look for what doesn't work, for, to look for what's threatening, to look for the pain and the sorrow, and then to amplify it. These are the habits and cycles of self-sabotage. And we are here to be the liberators, to represent to our brothers and sisters, this is the path of liberation. And so you see, really living A Course in Miracles is not um, proselytizing in the form of even talking about A Course in Miracles. It's walking in the world, and when there are people who are upset, being able to stand there in the midst of them and know... God, be still and know God, and to say, Holy Spirit, I am here to be the fulcrum point. I am here to be the change point. I am here to be the liberator, to be the one who can demonstrate your love so magnificently, so perfectly, so simply, so sweetly, that all of this discord will be seen for what it is, illusion and delusion. It has no power. It has no strength. We're taking our power back. You tell me, what do I say here? What do I do here? Is there anything for me to say here? Is there anything for me to do here? You're the one. I am here to serve. I'm servant. I serve the light. It is my joy to serve. I can never fail when I serve you. For I am you and you are me. And we are all together now. (laughs) Cuckoo, cuckoo. (laughs) Etc. So in the movie, Doing Time, Doing Vipassana, the prisoners come out of their 10-day Vipassana for the very first time. After years of hatred and animosity, and anger, and violence. And they literally are hugging the prison guards, weeping and hugging the prison guards. That's the level of transformation that will happen when we are willing to truly be still and know we're God. See, what happens in the Vipassana, and it's built into it, because it's a spiritual practice. They're not reading anything. There's nothing to read. And they're only listening to their own higher Holy Spirit self. But they're following the practice, which is endowed, imbued, encoded with the healing. So we sit with intention and we have a healing spirit cannot fail. So let's put spirit in charge. You see, that's where the humility must come in. Without humility, there's no spiritual awakening. The door to spiritual awakening cannot be found or seen without humility. And humility is recognizing there's no better than and there's no less than. There's no, I'm better than you, and there's no, I'm not as good as you. There can be none of that sense of separation and humility. Humility is unity consciousness. No greater than, no less than. So if we hate the ones who hate, we lose. Love loses. Of course, it's only temporary. And the more challenging it is to love someone, we don't ever have to love what they do. But the more challenging it is, the more healing that's available to us. The greater the challenge, the 
bigger the healing that is trying to break through in our awareness. So if we're trying to make the healing happen, we're not allowing it to happen. We're getting in the way. So trust and faith. Trust is a skill that opens the doorway to faith. That's why in Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, we're cultivating the ability to keep placing our trust in spirit and not trusting in our own opinion. Lean not on your own choices, uh, rather decisions, your perspective. Lean not on your own perspective. Pain is a wrong perspective. Yes. So I'd like to ask a favor of you here, or just a request, that if you enjoy this broadcast, if it's meaningful for you, will you help me share it? And there are a couple of things you can do. because, And I ask this because so many people have told me that this broadcast has been beneficial to them. It's been a light in the darkness to them. And there are many people all over the world who have no spiritual community. There's no uh, Course in Miracles study group anywhere near them. This is why I teach online and focus really online so that people who have no um, local community can have one online. And they can have real friends, real connections, real relationships, real support online. So this this broadcast can be a, a help to those people. If you can share when you see things on Facebook, so you can like my Course in Miracles podcast page, you can uh, tell people about this podcast, and you can write a review. And you can also make a monthly contribution, even $5 or $3 is a help to us. And then we have money to uh, support and promote and do the transcripts and all of that. And I thank you and I thank all those who already contribute. It's time to pray. We are grateful and thankful to give away all forms of self-sabotage to the Holy Spirit for healing. Spirit cannot fail. In gratitude, we let it be and share the benefits with all. Amen. 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 I love you. Have a great week. Mwah.